this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Today's show is brought to you by HelloFresh. Visit HelloFresh.com and use promo code BALDMOVE30 to save $30 off your first week of deliveries. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Bald Move TV, the officially unofficial podcast for all of television. Yeah, which consists of exactly two shows this time. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe more. I've seen at least two that I want to talk about. Okay. And I know you've seen at least one. Uh, let's, let's get into it. Uh, the Deuce wrapped up last week. Sure did. Uh, it's first season's uh, run. Uh, going into this, uh, I was expecting a expose or like not an expose but an explanation of how like the porn industry rose to power mm-hmm. and i felt like i got that and a lot more yeah absolutely like uh, I, I i wasn't expecting a lot like, i mean that's the first thing when i heard is like man that's weird for simon and pelicanos to take on porn it's like so as not doesn't seem like it has anything to do with urban blight but it has a, a lot to do with urban blight yeah as it turns out it has a lot to do with organized crime and uh Political maneuvering, government all, corruption, corruption from top to bottom. Yeah, it's it's all about the. It's well within Simon's wheelhouse. Let's yeah, say that it's it's, it's uh, his his wheelhouse. And that, here's the thing, I don't know how you felt about it because we haven't talked about this since the last time. Mm-hmm. Um, you must have liked it pretty okay because you kept you kept up with the series without me having to like ride you about it. Uh-huh. Um. But I can't tell whether I'm just in the tank for Simon and Pelicanos or if this is genuinely in the top three things that I've seen this year. Because right now, I'm at Leftovers, Stranger Things, and The Deuce in my top three, I think. Mm -hmm. I think. The year's not over. We're still, still, you know, Walking Dead. Walking Dead's still on the air. Walking Dead's got some some weeks to make some noise. Mister Robot still got is, is actually super entertaining this year. What, yeah, am yeah. I am I crazy or what? What what do you think? Uh, it's man, the form of st- storytelling that Simon employs in his work, uh, and I guess Pelicanos as well, is not conducive to saying this is the favorite thing of mine that I saw this year. It's a really really good show but it's not about like the big moments or the big characters or anything like that and it's not setting out to entertain you it's simply dipping you into a scenario and just letting you get covered in it Mm -hmm. and that's cool but for me it's not conducive to saying oh yeah top three it's more like this is a thing that i really really enjoyed this year but it didn't it doesn't have those standout moments Hmm. those standout features that put other shows into my top three well uh so you're talking about like from a visceral thrills in inter- yeah, department because i guess because the performances like 
it's almost like all of the performances are so good that there's nobody who stands out. I I kind of agree with that because like when I, I I watch some of these episodes, I'm like, holy shit, this is such a quality production from top or bottom that like yeah. nothing does see, feel like it it escape it, it achieves escape velocity or. Mm-hmm. You know, like like there's a couple things that stand out. I thought that the scene between um, Red Man or is a Method Man. I can't. I get my uh, men. Like, I get my men. But one of those guys. He's playing yeah. the pimp and he's talking to Candy uh-huh. uh, and trying to make another. Like you know, she's one of the few independent pro- uh, sex workers working the deuce, mm-hmm. uh, which is a section like the deuces we've now is is a section of New York City. Yeah, or a, st- a particular strip. Is it Second Street? It- Maybe, <laughs> like I, I feel like I want to go back and re- I've been promising Cecily that I that I'll, I'll go back and rewatch this, and I thought we'd get around to it, but then but we've got so much stuff to watch. Um, yeah, but I feel like yeah they they established that in the pilot, and I got completely the wrong impression. I did too. I thought it was a person. Um, but but yeah, um, I guess it's the, according to Wikipedia, it's the nickname for Forty Second Street between Seventh Avenue and Eighth Avenue. Okay, the Deuce. Sure. 42nd Street is it? Wouldn't it be the Quattro Deuce? <laughs> Maybe it used to be the Quattro they Deuce, and they just, it, yeah. it's it's the Deuce with an apostrophe. That that cherry. That's not a cherry. It's an apostrophe, right? Uh, on the logo. Um, but no, that scene with her, like I thought that was like a like a particularly like sit up and and take notice scene. Yeah, I think if you're gonna say anybody, anybody stands out. It's Maggie Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. uh, Gyllenhaal, however you want to say it. Um, because mm-hmm. she has the the two most memorable scenes in my mind. Um the the one of which i think is it's so i watched two more episodes it's either in the the finale or the penultimate episode that scene with her brother is incredible i thought um, jake jake from <laughs> state farm no jake oh no <laughs> fuck no not not that brother the yeah, fictional yeah. tv brother right uh that's just a fantastic scene and her performance in it is so good mm-hmm. um and so is that dude whose name i don't know uh, that was definitely a standout moment to me. Yeah, there's. Um, I mean, the I guess here is my takeaway, or this is why I think the Deuce is so good because it's yet another one of the statements that that Simon is making about the real problem is corruption. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what what artificial structures do we put on society that enable corruption to occur? Mm-hmm. And it seems like one of his big theses is by having this puritanical views on sin things. Yeah. Whether that's sex work, whether that's drugs, whether that's gambling, it allows this like the this 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 it's it's kind of like a, this, the same thing you get from the Godfather. Like a lot of people don't see anything intrinsically wrong with it. They're saying it's it's something that's naughty and something you don't do and it's something you don't do in polite society, which allows it to be tolerated because people see it's like, oh, you know, who are you really hurting except for maybe yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so like, you, you get the – it's easy to look the other way. And because it is this black or gray market, there's this fantastic amount of money to be made, which then you put into the right hands of people – and it and 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 then the corruption just runs rampant. Like I just recently rewatched The Wire, and it's stunning in season one how um, at the end when they're about ready to to pull the trigger on uh, the Barksdale gang, yeah, 
the FBI gets involved and they're like, fuck Barksdale. We want all these Bar- Baltimore fucks that are stealing money and they're misappropriating finances. And 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 uh, the street level detectives are fucking furious mm-hmm. because they busted their ass and you don't want to take this killer off the street. You want to get... And I guess what the FBI realizes, or, or like if you're at a higher level of the game, is like this is the part of the game that makes the game continue. Like like if you cut the head off Barksdale, there'll be another one because the people at right. the top that are profiting from this system are still in power. Yeah, they're encouraging it. And I felt like distinctly the same thing when I'm watching this that you know there's this, but but also the there's also like Simon tells you why people don't like this because like you know the drug trade is pretty fucking grim and yeah. the sex trade is really fucking grim. Well, that's the thing. Like you can see the the effects that are in play because it's a black market, right? And that's the thing that you see really moving away from. Like it's very much a Hamsterdam situation in, from the wire. Where yes, thank you. The, the judges stop cracking down on it, right? And right. they they essentially say it's legal now, right? Um, even they're, though they're, they're, technically it's not, right? But 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 they're not cracking down anymore. So now the pimps are feeling themselves pushed out of the game because everything's going inside. The right. cops are pushing it all indoors. The the prostitutes don't need them anymore, right? Um, and, and 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 the thing, the, the ironic thing is, everyone talks about how bad sex work is, but what makes it bad? It seems like it's the pimps and the Johns, right? Right. It's the the treatment and the underground nature. And of that it. was just like in the wire, like you know, several times where people, characters, like I don't understand why this shit, this business can't be run like any others. Like every other place, people's yeah. stuff is bought and sold, and no one dies over it. Well, the reason that is is because it's illegal. Yeah. Same thing here. The reason these women need these brutal pimps is because the Johns will victimize them. Otherwise, the reason they need that is because they can't go to some establishment with a fucking bouncer. Yeah. That would that would, that would keep things safe and orderly because it's illegal. Yeah. It's this fucking snake eating its own tail, and at any point you can look at it and be like, "My God, look how bad this is." Thank God it's illegal and we can fight it. Whereas if people just like make peace with the idea that some people are going to want to pay for sex Mm -hmm. and people are going to want to sell it because it's got a lot of money and the same way with drugs or or anything. It's like why did – this thing I keep watching anytime when I see something of vice is like this country learned its lesson and in a fucking hurry when it came to alcohol. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Why the fuck are we so slow to learn about drugs, especially, uh-huh. and 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 prostitution? Are we so f- against prostitution because it's the one? I'm gonna put my social justice warrior hat on. Are we so up in arms about pro- legal prostitution because it's the one area in life, prostitution and porn work, where the 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 pay gap cuts the other way? Probably, yeah. I mean, that's not not the reason, right? Certainly, yeah. I don't think. I don't think you're wrong about that. Um, I think it also disproportionately, like alcohol disproportionately affects, um, or, or I should say like prostitution and drugs disproportionately affect people who are not in power, I think. Mm. And when you take away the alcohol from the people who are in power, they go, eh, it's not such a good idea. Right. I see what you're saying. I, I feel like taking away their toys is no fun for them. Taking away everyone else's toys doesn't really matter to them. Right. And like and the, the other thing is like with this... It's those weird. It's like the moral hazard is so slight. Like, ask any Wall Street guy how hard it is to get coke. I imagine <laughs> they can get any time they want in whatever quantity nah, they that's want. True. It doesn't yeah. affect their daylight. Now, 
once in a blue moon, one of them will get pulled over by the wrong cop who mm-hmm. won't uh, listen to their pleas. The, you know who I am, and there's all this money, and they'll get. But it's like it's like like getting struck by lightning. Like, what are you going to do? Not go outside? Right. Same thing with Johns and prostitutes. Like here, it's like such a fucking joke. This like what was it? Stand and prove or whatever? Or, oh yeah, the arrest. Every night, like, and it, then if, if you've how gotten, often have you been arrested? If, if you've gotten arrested within the last forty-eight hours, you can't get arrested again. Or literally, we yeah. do nothing but arrest prostitutes all night. Mm-hmm. Like what? I, I, I'm who just, is that? Who is that helping? No one, right? No one. And I'm like one of those things where it's like just like the ripping and rolling that they talked with Herc and and Carver do, and like who making these street level busts of these people that you know are not these are just kids holding drugs or holding money they're not the mm-hmm. people actually making money what good is it doing well we're getting arrested and we're we can we can show in our metrics that we the numbers look good we, yeah we arrested 75 uh, 75 whores a night what do you want from us and then they get more overtime right because it looks like all oh, prostitution is going up more arrests and and how like they don't like I also loved how they did it, like, the prostitution arrests go up at the end of a shift change yeah. because it's an easy way for you to flip an eight-hour shift into, you know, a 12-hour-plus time for appearing before the judge and all that stuff. It's, like, yep. so fucking cynical. <laughs> and, and like, everyone's getting paid. And mm. there's this thing, like, they, they make this joke about how... Like, the people owning these establishments are getting shaken down by every level of law enforcement. Yeah. The local guys come. The, local the vice the, squad comes. The, the state come. come. The Fed, they all want. And they're, like, all acting like, oh, my God, you want, this is a bunch of money. But then you you find out, like, I forget what uh, Vincent's uh, brother-in-law. Uh, yeah, whatever he is. The, is, the union guy from yeah, season two of The Wire. Or whatever. Um uh-huh. He is bitching nonstop about how much money he's paying out, but you find out that that's not even a fraction of what he makes a week right. on these joints. So, like, it's it's just this, this fucking bizarre system, and it all goes – none of this would be happening if it's illegal. And also, what are the effects of this being legal? Like, what are you so worried that's going to happen to society of this shit being legal that you're not worried about when all the cops are on the dole – Right. And the and not even just the cops, the commissioner, the city council, the mayor, the governor. Mm-hmm. Like, how far up does this go? And do you really think that 2017, like, are there, like, did we solve police corruption back in the 80s and 90s? <laughs> I don't think so, no. Do you think that there are not cops being paid to look the other way nowadays? Certainly there are. I, wh- why? I I mean, it, it, I have this uncomfortable because I have I have a very good friend, like one of my very close friends, is a police officer, mm. and it's interesting to talk with this. Uh, to, it's like you know, because you always hear about the bad apple philosophy. I think we talked about this in the first podcast, but like, why does this? Why is this situation tolerated if there's not like a majority of, of, of a clear majority of police that are in on the take? Then why is it tolerated? I think you got to watch The Shield to find that out. Because, mm. like, I mean, I understand, like, when it comes to brutality, because mm. I've talked to my buddy, and he's got, like, you know, well, no one, it's it's ugly scene, and no one no one wants to see, a per, uh, you know, a, an alleged perpetrator get victimized and beat up. But on the other hand, every cop has had bad days, and every cop has seen a lot of shit, and the fact that, like, one of you snaps every once in a while is kind of seen as an occupational hazard. And hmm. like, what if it's yeah. you, what if it's you that snaps because some asshole, lip, you know, it's like, it's kind of like we, if, if we, if we arrested each other for every time someone's civil rights would be violated, there would be no cops on the street. Right. That 
I don't agree with, and I think it's a dangerous attitude, but I at least understand the whole, like, money exchanging hands and justice being bought and sold is... It just seems like greed, you know? Yeah. Um... Yeah. And then, then it makes me think, like, here's the thing. I don't want to think this about law enforcement, but it's an inescapable conclusion that they don't care about the law and justice so much is, like, it's just a fucking industry, yeah, it's a job. There is no, like there other. is no respect. Like, and then, but then, you know, if you go on the subreddits, like, you know, serve and protect or whatever, like, they want to decry the fact that no one respects the law anymore. Mm-hmm. But like, you see something like the deuce, and like, why the fuck would anyone respect an NYPD police officer of that era? Sure, sure. Like, but but they're also the same guys that they're the heroes of nine eleven. Like, it's not. Yeah. It, it's almost like they, the cops themselves, know that it's bullshit. <laughs> because like when there's a hostage situation, these brave men and women like fucking mount up and they 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 regulate, right? Yeah. But then they're also getting money for the drugs and the sex trade and looking the other way. It's it's the fucking weirdest ecosystem. Yeah, and I I mean that's what makes I guess the character of of Austin so good, um, or or at least so compelling because he's kind of caught in the middle of this and he is the guy who sees it and goes, "This doesn't work and it's it's all a bad idea." But right. what am I going to do about it? Right. You know, I'm I'm just one person. And now you got this new captain who comes in. Uh, I don't know what his name is, but me either. He he seems like he's going to clean house or at least try to. But who knows how far that's going to go? Well, the finale kind of after his partner kind of blows the spot up for working yeah. with his journalist and maybe a little bit too close. Uh, I felt like the captain was awful buddy buddy with the lieutenant or whoever's who's the main shit bag. He was, yeah. And I'm like. And you Austin, know, like, side-eyes that. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, my God. Because that's, like, you – it's one of those weird – it's almost like you're wearing a wire for one side of the police against the other side of the police. And if mm-hmm. you if you play that game wrong, then you're going to be a god – you're going to be a pariah. <laughs> for sure. Which yeah. has, like, you know, if you if you look at, like, uh, what's that American gangster story? Mm-hmm. Um you know that can have consequences. If yep. you're the only guy not on the dole, and you need your at, you need you you need the your 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 brothers in blue behind you, and they're not. That can be that can be dangerous. Sometimes yeah. intentionally so. Definitely. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I I also like the this kind of dual nature of the the brothers, right? The Martino brothers, um, yeah. both played by James Franco. I I'm think surprised it was... you didn't talk about James Franco's work because, like, I thought he's so good, but like. That that's what I mean when there's like this base level of awesome right. that that Franco unfortunately doesn't rise above. Like he's so good and in here's both the of thing, those roles, but he just everything else is too. I think Ewan McGregor is going to get an Emmy nom for Fargo, and <laughs> this guy's not because like what he does by having this clear separation between Frankie and Vincent. Mm-hmm. Is so amazing, but it's so subtle yeah. that I feel like Ewan with the hairpiece and the nose yep. is going to suck up all the oxygen, even though that's probably easier to do. You've got a bunch of props to work with. Absolutely. Like, other from the first episode where, like, Vincent had a Band-Aid on his eye, he had a wound. <laughs> right. Like, like you, the only way you have to distinguish them is their attitude and the way they hold themselves, and it's it's so easy to do that. It is. Once you get a couple episodes in. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. And also, the complicated... Because here's the thing, like, I feel like I don't want to shit on cops because, again, they're not the problem. The problem is the people above them that are deciding what levers of society to pull and what's important and what's not, Mm -hmm. okay? And I feel like Vincent's a part of that, too, because he's a guy who, he's not going to, he would never cut a woman. No. 
But he sees a pimp cutting a woman. It's like, well, that's kind of the deal they both made. Yeah, I think it's interesting that he is, you know, not going to get into this the sex stuff. Right. Like his brother seems to be willing to. Right. And it's it's interesting from the point of view of like who's making the money, I guess, and and the legal versus illegal nature of it. Uh, in the illegal game, the the prostitution stuff, there's a lot more money to be made. Right. And we see that, you know, James James Franco as Vincent uh, is turning down all this, whereas Frankie's leaning into it and he's making a killing. Yeah, um, it's going to go badly. <laughs> it's definitely going to go badly. Yeah, this is what this is Act One of Goodfellas. Yeah, I mean, you can you can see that this guy who let's not forget started off in deep yeah. deep with the mob, yeah, like in huge debt to them, and it yeah. was only by the good grace of Vincent that he got out of it. Right. Uh, I think Vincent is losing patience with Frankie because he's getting into this, and he's getting into it with a gangster. Mm-hmm. He's in he's in big trouble. But I, I think it's interesting the juxtaposition of the two twins who have different demeanors getting into one getting into the illegal trade, one getting into the legal thing with the bars and right. the restaurants. Uh, the other thing I was meditating is like you know we got this big liberal and conservative divide in the country when it comes to like how we feel about morals and social issues, and sure. like it's also portrayed as like an urban rural divide. Mm, yeah. I felt like this show did an interesting statement where, like, people living in a city are not necessarily more liberal. It's just that in the country, what are the odds you're going to come across a gay person? Yeah, very an uncloseted gay person? Yeah. In, in, very slim. In New York City, it's, like, approaching one, that you're sure. going to work with someone or live next to someone or be in it. And, yeah. like, the inescapable conclusion you have if you're forced to cohabitate in the same space is, like, oh, this is a human being. Right. They're not evil people. <laughs> so I have to I have to lose my fucking, like, I can say this is the this is the one good homosexual in the world. <laughs> right. Or, shit, I just met his boyfriend and he's cool, too. Uh-huh. Whereas you can live your entire life cradle to grave and never have that experience in the country. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, I don't. Like, like, I feel like people spend a lot of time, like, doing social experiments about liberals are do this and conservatives do this. But it's more like lived experience. Yeah. And I don't, like, <laughs> the, the depressing thing about that is it's not like certain types of people. Or it's just, like, experience and how are you going to get people the experiences they need to engage their empathy engines. You take them to see boys in the sand. <laughs> I have not uh, seen the, that. The I latest reproduction of Lawrence of Arabia. I thought that scene was hilarious. <laughs> oh, Just shit. Frankie's oh, shit. disgust yeah, in yeah, the movie yeah. theater. Right, right. But not fatally so. Like, I just No, he the... just doesn't want to watch it. Like, right. that's not his thing, right? Right, and that's fine. <laughs> totally that's fine. fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> good point. But he, all of his reactions to that were Everyone needs priceless. to sit down and watch gay porno uh-huh. uh, and to yeah. see it. It's not that bad. Um <laughs> completely derailed my thought here Um, sorry (laughs) sorry no but i I thought that was one of the other key findings that you know and 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 also like the way that vincent like i think one of the reasons he doesn't get involved with that is that he's got this like well everybody makes their own choice but Mm -hmm. we see with some of these 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 women like the one that that i thought i can't remember her name is a charlene who's the the one that goes out into the back to the country abby Uh, darlene 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 goes and recruits one of her friends and she's like it's one thing to move to the big city because you think you're going to be a model or an actor and it doesn't work out and oh shit now i'm in i'm i'm, I'm with this pimp mm-hmm. but she predatorily goes out and rec- 
recruits. And almost you get the idea that she used Abby's ticket to do that because that's what her pimp set her up to do. Yeah. What the fuck? I don't know, man. It's interesting because she she also played the most perplexing character in Show Me a Hero, too. Oh, yeah. Like, it's one of those things where it's like... I understand why you're in this situation, mm-hmm. but you are being given a way out, and you double down. Yeah. On the, 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 and that's something that like David Simon's trying to tell me that I'm not quite understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe it's the fact that like you know, uh, I, I guess if I could, if I try to engage my empathy engines, um, you know, with my experience being in a cult, I could have left at any time. But at cer- certain points, if you were making the life story of of or the movie of my life story, there'd yeah. be a lot of points where audiences like, Jesus Christ, why didn't you get yeah. off this crazy train? Absolutely. It's not it's, that easy. Maybe it, it's some of it as odd as it probably sounds to say is just comfort. Like it, it's a very hard thing to change. And in some instances it's harder to change than it is to get out of the situation where people are being murdered around right. you or your armpits are being cut open and you're being forced to have sex constantly. Like, right. That's there's a lot of friction there, and if you if you see like a potential way out, but it's not super obvious, and you don't think it's going to work, right? Taking that risk is a hard thing. Yeah, it's interesting because the other thing that the, the Simon does so well is make something look so cool and glamorous and awesome, and then make you the next scene think about how terrible. And I felt like I was going, I was. I kept on this roller coaster of like being really entertained by the pimping. Uh-huh. And then being confronted with the, just how like amoral uh, and predatory it is, yeah. Uh, like there's some of the most some of the most colorful and interesting characters are surprise surprise the pimps, but mm-hmm. um, and I thought it was like the really sh- jaw dropping thing uh, is like another standout scene is when Slim Charles, to I don't know what his name, the, the character he owns the diner, he's mm-hmm. fucking shot, oh, yeah, Reggie B Love in the face, yep. Like, it was just, like, he's, like, this guy, and they built that up all season long, like, this guy, like, yeah. you come in here, and you, 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 but but I don't like the way you treat your women, like, baseline, and then when you, like, fucking rub it in your face, it's gonna, and he just fucking, like, I'm gonna kill this dude, pick up the phone, tell the cops, like, yeah, pimp is in here, slap the customer, pulled out a knife, and I shot him dead, and it's gonna, it's like a, vic- it's like a victimless crime, and then the other pimps are, like, it reminded me a lot of like in the right stuff where like all the test pilots who are flying like these crazy unstable airplanes close to the envelopes. Anytime one of their ranks would die, they would have this powwow at the diner where it's like, well, here's how this guy fucked up and he should have done this. And with and it's a way to comfort themselves is like, I've got the right stuff. If I was in the airplane, I would have landed. Not that this is fucking insane, crazy what we're all doing. Uh. Oh, my God. It's like. And the, the way they were breaking it down, like, oh, well, you know, of course he's, you know, he, he fucking had to open his mouth. Like, none of them are open to the idea that they're all walking this fucking tightrope. Yeah. I think it's, like I said, I think it's fascinating. I don't know, man. I, it's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how deep to go on this because I, I'll be the first to admit I have not given this a lot of thought, but... Perfect podcast. Uh, I've I've lived somewhat of a charmed life, and we'll talk about that. And as it concerns the mobsters here in a second, but all your pimps have been very understanding, and you, you had the hippie pimp. I did, yeah. I mean, uh, that's the pimp to have. Yeah, he didn't cut my armpits. Uh, but when this guy shoots the the pimp, the the diner guy shoots the pimp, uh-huh. 
there doesn't seem to be much fear of being arrested. And I can't tell if that is because the cops won't arrest him. He knows that, that, that that's true. Or if because of, you know, who he is in America, he's just simply not afraid of it. Because I was thinking, like, what is – once you've once your entire race has been enslaved by someone, mm-hmm. what scares you? Uh, what fucking scares you in your life, right? Like Probably going back, like, or – it, sure, going back to slavery, but like, does prison scare you? Hmm. Like, is that is that something that I don't know? I, I just think. Let me like, ask you this: What if like a sizable proportion of your population has been locked up in prison because of various drug and other laws? And to and right now you're like as a way to cope with that, um, some of the culture glorifies it. Oh, I I don't know about that, but I just I don't, don't think you can be scared. I don't think you can be intimidated by anything at that point. Like. What what worse can you do to me? Right. I think it's I I don't know if there's I think as a motive it's just like I I like it's these pimps time they never really had a time and it's kind of like the 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 that's their time is over and he yeah. just realized that I can kill this guy with him. It's like a drug dealer. Like if you have a drug dealer yeah. that's a guy like carrying a gun, you as a law abiding citizen can go up and shoot him in the face at any time. Mm-hmm. And there's not a fucking cop in the. You're not gonna. You're not gonna do time for murder. You're just not. Huh. The guy's gonna have a gun. The cops are gonna know that he's on the corner and he's got a gun. And like all you gotta do is like he acted really weird and he pulled the gun and I sh- I had to shoot him. <laughs> okay. Like shit, you can kill a teenager in a hoodie in this country and not and not get charged for murder, much less a drug. Like yeah. it's like you put yourself outside the law and you make yourself essentially an easy mark for anyone that's inside the law and that's like. The Wire explored that with, like, how easily those these powerful drug dealers were taken advantage of by legitimate businessmen and developers. Mm, right. Um, yeah. And, like, I think this is, it's like, no where these, these pimps think themselves as, like, the apex predators out there, but the civilian guy just gets tired of your shit and shoots you. Yeah. And nothing. He's going to be serving pancakes the very next day. Yeah, it's so weird to me, the attitude of of the mobster guy. I don't, I don't know his name. Uh, but the head guy who's kind of befriended Vincent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he he seems to have this very carefree attitude about everything. Like they, they're trying to arrange Rudy, the second Rudy. Ru, Rudy. Okay, yeah, they're trying to arrange the second uh, parlor, mm-hmm. and Vincent tells him to go fuck himself mm-hmm. respectfully, mm-hmm. <laughs> as as respectfully as possible. Go fuck yourself. Uh-huh. And he's like. Guy just told me to go fuck myself. Eh, he'll come around. I think the respect. Like, yeah. this, this is like the most charmed life you can have. I think. Yeah, I kept on waiting for that to turn. You know, uh, Act Three of Goodfellas, and I think like it's the not res- going to happen in this season. The respectfully obviously, but next. went a long way, yeah. but also I think the guy knows. Like I, this guy, this the money's too good. The yeah. money's too good. Yeah. Like, you know, the same impulse that got him into the bar, that got him into the first jerk joint is going to get him into, like, and he's just supremely confident because, you know, like, why go to the why go to the, 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 the pistol when you just mm-hmm. give a man another thousand and... And it's a guy who's already making you money, you know? Right. I mean, he's a... And that's the other thing. It's like, I wonder, like, maybe Vincent will be the guy that navigates this because, like, at some level, the mob's got to know that, like... Having a solid guy is pretty good. And he knows that. Yeah. 
Like, like I mean, he, he says he, that he, it's it's out. It's like this, like it's this weird performance. Like it's outside of the, like the fucking Sith Lord Apprentice bubble, where the guys underneath you are trying to fuck you, and uh-huh. you know this guy that just fucking performs and executes. Like that's got to be that's that's got to have a lot of value to it. Yeah, and the question becomes, how far do you push him? Well, like, and then, is, can you push him too far? Can't, yeah, right. And then also, can Frankie like the more responsible and power he gets, like the bigger his fuck up can be, right? And if he fucked up so much that he almost got you and him killed, like just with a gamble, what's he going to do when he like you know owns these massage parlors? And I think uh, his brother-in-law is living pretty dangerously here yes, too, he getting is. involved with the prostitutes. You know, yes, he is. And like the the more they get in depth and in, into the mob, the uh, the the, yeah. the heart is going to be to like to, to keep saying no and fuck you. And the, Frankie and that dude whose name mm-hmm. I don't know are not going to be extended the same graces that Vince would because right. Vince has shown that he's a solid guy across the board. He's still making money in other ways. Those guys need to watch their back, right? But they're getting sloppy already. Bobby, Bobby's the Bobby, Vince and yeah. Frankie's brother-in-law, right? Uh, I also thought it was really cool the. The, the angle they took with the reporter where she's working for like a black owned and operated newspaper and like her own editor tried mm-hmm. to put the kibosh on a story because it didn't shine a positive light on the community. Mm-hmm. Like that's <laughs> that is I mean that's that's a problem with a lot of things in a nutshell like nobody wants to tell the truth when the truth like I see that in politics and society no one wants to tell the tr- the full everyone wants to tell the full truth when you're talking about the flaws of the other side of a political or cultural or racial desire but nobody wants to tell the truth when it comes to the uncomfortable realities like like if if it's a, the truth is the truth and you can explain you can say like it's because of this because of that but like I don't know. Like it's, it seems like that's the type of shit. The mainstream, the the you know the 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 non-black newspapers are not going to tell the story because they're bought and sold by the local politicians. Probably, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone's got to tell, but they're not going to because like ah, I don't want to. I don't want a story that makes it look like every African American in New York City is like a pimp or a, a hoe. Yeah, I really feel like it's the the organized crime that's pulling all the strings here. Politicians, mm. cops. Um, you know they've got their fingers in everything uh in ways that are kind of calling the shots right um which which to the point where it kind of it surprised me when they didn't know why the judges were not cracking down anymore on the prostitution stuff right um or or relaxing the standards on public decency i guess yeah because i assume that they had paid for that privilege but mm-hmm. they apparently did not also, there's other some other low key commentary like Big Mike, the guy who comes up with the ideas for the masturbatoriums. Mm-hmm. He's not going to see a dime of that money, or he might see a dime. He might see a dime for uh, for every thousand dollars that are made. Like that's, yeah, yeah. That's like that's the kind of thing that should make you a fucking McDonald's fortune. Uh huh. And he's going to get paid like the guy who invented the chicken nugget. This yeah. is the this is like, which that's oh that's that's also a, a metaphor that came from the wire. Um, I thought that's like, and I I thought that they're going to make a point like Big Mike is going to get like see how much money is being made and he's going to be like this is fucking bullshit. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Like, my reward is to see a Looney Tune in my own masturbatorium. Fuck you, man. Yeah. Like, I wonder if that's because he like, might. That could still be coming. Yeah, because I feel like that uh, Big Mike and his his. I don't know who the the gunman is, but like that's I think it's Black Frankie. Is it Black? That? Oh, that's right. It's Frankie. I think so yeah, but yeah. It's Black Frankie. He's like, is this a kid? So we can just call you Black. Is that cool? I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> right. what, what are you going to do if I say no? Probably call me Black Frankie anyway. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting how that, like, Vincent has, his whole army is made from the people, his army and his, his network of confidants are made from the people that would not be part of the mafia. Mm, like, he's yeah. got an educated and um, upper middle class, at least, uh, student, ex-student, Abby. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got uh, you know black. Uh, you got big black Mike. Yeah, black Mike and black Frankie. You got big Mike and black Frankie. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, the gay bartender whose name escapes me at this point. Yep. Um, you've got all these like kind of like non-conventional power players in New York becoming power players. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be the tale of the pornography? The fact that like oh, this seems like the mob has gone already got their fingers in that pie. They do. Yeah. Like it's like it's like it's like is that going to be the tale of the, like uh, an industry that gets out from nope it seems like no it's going to be well the one avenue that they don't have yet is what uh, Candy's getting into right which is the movies like making of the actual films right um, it seems like that's totally independent at this point you know, and that's uh, you know because I I. I came of age in the beginning of the, like, the, well, I mean, at the beginning, but when gonzo porn was ascendant, like, just straight uh, fucking, no plot, rent out a hotel room, bad lighting, bad camera work, just, just two people fucking. Mm-hmm. It feels like that's where porn started on these eight millimeter films, just fucking people fuck, watching people fuck. Uh-huh. Then Candy, uh, or Eileen, I suppose is what we should call her. Um, gets in there and like gets to like what is sexy about it, yeah, and like starts to make this porn that's that's sexy because it's got a, a, a woman's point of view and it's undeniably like that's that's the thing that surprised me is like going in the 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 rep was there's going to be lots of sex and nudity but none of it's going to be sexy. Mm-hmm. I also I actually found some of the stuff that was sexy but it was always the one that the like the like consensual sex like the, the when when uh, vincent and uh, abby would get it on like uh, i'm thinking specifically the pool table scene well that's pretty mm-hmm. hot none of this stuff like between that it was like on camera or like actual sex was was sexy at at all no but it feels like so that the, then the high class like boogie nights era of porn became ascendant yeah but now we're back with shitty like like it's it's high def and make good lighting, but like the 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 I, I mean maybe I'm just getting old, but like I feel like porn today sucks. It's cyclical. It's not I mean, sexy it's, at all. Yeah, it's it's gonna be. It, there's gonna be uh, you know ebbs and flows. Can we get Gonzo porn that's actually shot in a sex? Like I don't need. I don't want to bring mm. back. I don't want to bring back you know storylines. The storylines. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you on that. The pirates of the booter, booter, booty booty Like I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see. I don't need to see star whores. I don't need to see any of that shit. I. I like. I like. But. But. Just people fucking that it actually looks good. That I could use. I could okay. use. That looks like there's some passion. Maybe yeah, you can't I, pay for it. That's the problem. I guess she actually makes deep throat. The film? No, Deep Throat premiered during the season. I thought because they're saying that okay. was that was one they're like they're just actually showing that like in the real movie like, because that was this. The, I thought it was a premiere of the film that she had made. 
Where am I wrong? No, about there that? was multiple, but they 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 okay. they were making allusions to Deep Throat as being as, as what was remarkable about that is that is premiering at movies they're not even stroke gotcha. theaters. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. What's that's a that's a, the, just the 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 prostitute culture where it's like, oh, it's rainy tonight, so I'm going to go into the theaters and see if I can get ten bucks for a head. Yeah. Like, it's just a it's a job. And man. how like open? That's the other thing that kind of shocked me from a guy who grew up in the like I'm I'm a country boy from the Midwest. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if it's I don't know if there's still places in New York like this, but like if you wanted to get your dick sucked or suck dick, seems like it's the easiest thing in the world to find. Yeah, just go to the deuce. Just go to the deuce and start knocking on random warehouse doors. <laughs> right, right. Until you, you, until you, until you find the find a way in. I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, that was su- surprising to me. Huh. So you know, that's the other thing. It's like I, everyone says the drugs are everywhere, but I don't know where to find them. No, I don't either. I mean, I, I suppose I could go to like my local Applebee's and ask the bartender where you can score. But yep, I. It's like <laughs> it's not immediately obvious to me where the drugs are being sold. It's on college campuses and yeah. and. That's in I mean bars downtown. I something. guess that's not true because I, I I know I know where place I, pre- I bet I could drive to places and and find where it's I just I just don't usually see it day to day life. Um, yeah. Anyway, what else we want to talk about? I don't know. I I I wish I could talk about it in other terms because I feel like I'm selling it short when I say everything is so good that nothing stands out. Right. Uh. But that's just the truth of it, and I think this kind of storytelling lends itself like. You put really good actors in a time and place, and you just tell us the story of that. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't really construct this this crazy like awesome narrative, mm-hmm. and I, or at least that's how I feel about David Simon's stuff. I know mm-hmm. he is crafting it, obviously, right? But it feels more like I'm just being dropped into a time and place, and I'm there, right? Which is the charm of it. Yeah. Um, the other thing I, I, I'm always fascinated by the stories of the women when i watch these mm-hmm. like you know I'm, I'm rooting for every one of them to get out and i know that probably not a huge majority of them are no the pass out are few and difficult right and, and but on the other hand i guess struggle. the the glimmer of hope is if this is the story of kind of like the end of pimping but it's not they're still fucking pimps i suppose so it's I, like I I, I wonder if we're seeing like a temporarily downturn for these guys, but it's going to like the laws are going to change and they're going to be back, or there'll be a new generation of them. Or, yeah, I don't know, but like I, I feel like, you know, we the, the reason we have pimps is because prostitution is illegal. Sure, and if prostitution were legal, um, and they had respectable, you might not agree with them, but respectable, well-run establishments, you don't need pimps. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to have, you know, violent Johns mistreating the women. Right. That seems like a good thing. Sure, to me. Like, honestly, I don't, like, you know, I, I, that's the thing. um, Like, I can get in that mindset of, like, but I never really even understood it, even when I was very religious. I never understood, like, why is it my job to make the world reflect heavenly values like isn't that the whole deal like we are tempted and we right and like you know we we make use of our faith and our and our our salvation to like overcome that like why why would i want to make like <laughs> vice illegal yeah if if my if i'm living by you know that sort of ethos where i have to prove myself during this life worthy of mm-hmm. some kind of heavenly reward right 
if there's no temptation on the planet, like let's say I succeed in the goal of eliminating right. prostitution, eliminating drugs, eliminating mm. all the things I view as evil and sinful, right? Then there is no there is no temptation, right? And wouldn't that mean I could not fulfill? whatever heavenly destiny I would have. Yeah, I mean, I think there's several parables of Jesus that speak right to that about, like, you know, woe to those who have life good now because they're going to fall in temptation and be fucked in paradise, whereas you are going sure. to, uh, you know, inherit the kingdom. Like, I, I don't I, I, I don't get it. And it's weird because, like, why stop at vice? Mm-hmm. Because, like, it seems like a short skip and a jump to outlawing any religion that's not your own. Because, my God, yeah. what if the... And and then it's like that suddenly starts making a lot of sense. Like, if you start, like, okay, well, we're going to make abortion illegal and drugs illegal and alcohol illegal and gambling illegal and prostitution illegal because we don't want people to be tempted, then why the fuck wouldn't you make... And I think a lot of people. Ju- why would you to? make Judaism and yeah. and and uh, Muslim and and Hindu and Shinto and all the other re- religious religions illegal? Because like that can yeah. temp- that tempts the shit out of people, <laughs> right? Tempts tempts six sevenths of the world's population into hell and damnation. Yeah. I think that is a lot of people's mindset. Well, I mean, well. you see it clearly, so like, legislate like, like Christianity or legislate whatever right. religion you are. Right, right, you know? right. Like, you see that tension between, like, yeah. you know, what it seems like the ideals of the country of religious freedom and then, uh, well, you know, our religion uh, is going to inform the laws we pass. Like, well, it's, it's really, it's like, it. you really blur those lines, man. Yeah, I guess I never quite understand the need or the desire, I guess, for control over other people. <laughs> I mean, I get... If you're enjoying living your life, why do you care if I enjoy living mine? It's always because... It always because, like, the reason... The whole reason alcohol got... um, The whole reason Prohibition came about is because, like, the the League of Women are like, you know what? You know what gets a lot of women's ass beat and children without fathers and, like, you know, in the poorhouse? It's because their men drink. Yeah. So let's make the drinking illegal because the worst of that excess is terrible, and it always is. Sure. Like you want to you want to know why heroin's illegal? Go fuck into a shooting gallery and look at how devastated these people are. Mm-hmm. It's just like the disconnect is making it illegal doesn't make it stop. It just makes all right. the bad things around it worse. Yeah. You you add on all these like leech systems that that make the things worse and make it insanely profitable. So, <laughs> but I don't know. Like uh, the wire didn't change anybody's mind. Show me here didn't change anybody's mind. Uh, is the deuce going to change anybody's? Like, are we going to get like legal prostitution I mean, or? I don't know. Is that fair to say? We've had a lot of states legalize. That's true. I mean, it changed. Like, like I said, the, watching the wire changed my politics. Yeah, yeah, in a so big way. I, I I don't know that it had like a major effect. I'm I'm almost certain it didn't have zero effect. Yeah, because um, within those last five years since it's been off the air or whatever, things have changed a little bit. Things have changed. They're for moving like in a direction. Things. Like you know, like it seems like the to- the the nation's at a tipping point when it comes to marijuana. But like right. to me, that's the lowest of the hanging fruit. Sure, absolutely, but. You know the the journey is going to take. Do you think a while. that like the fact that we're in this middle of this heroin and opioid, uh, like we're in the middle of this this crisis, and it really mm-hmm. is. Like there's communities like fucking in Indiana and Ohio and and the Midwest and South that are just like being gutted, and it's like spiking yeah. HIV rates through the roof, and it's just it's just terrible. Like, and it's de- depressing because we just did like you know we just had local elections, and I went on the sites and I was reading like you know. 
I, I'm trying to choose candidates that like are less prohibition and more about education and training and prevention like, and prevention and, yeah. and safety net so people don't fall into these situations. And I swear to God, like you take a Republican and a Democrat city council, and most of them are virtually indistinguishable about what they think we should do about this 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 opioid crisis. Hmm. Every once in a while, I'd find one that like says the things that Aaron wants to hear a politician say. Like 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 essentially, let's try something new. Right. Let's try yeah. something new. We've done mm -hmm. this for forty fucking years, and we just play whack a mole with the drug of choice. Yeah. Like you know, last year it was meth. The year before that was crack. Now it's fucking heroin. Let's just like like let's let's try to do something different. And they fucking that's the I guess that's where I don't have any hope because <laughs> no side gives me a way out of this. Those, those are the two like biggest shocking moments in the wire or like conceptual things in the wire and the deuce. Where in the wire you have Amsterdam, which right. is a new way of thinking, is right. is changing the equation. In the in the deuce, you have the judges just loosening the laws on indecency. You Probably because they or, got slipped a couple greenbacks. Right. You have to look at that and say, okay, this is where the change is happening for the better. What is causing it and what is motivating it? Also, you know? the other thing is, like, uh, if I get really cynical, like I don't, not in a conspiracy sense, but just like this is the way the world works, I feel like sometimes they like having these whipping boys around. Like the what, the, what the politician likes having drug problems because that's something they can sign five hundred new police officers. They can pass right. new laws. They can fucking fill up prisons mm -hmm. and say, "Look at what we're doing." Whereas, like figuring out how to make jobs on the eve of everything being automated <laughs> is fucking hard. Yeah, like tr training entire new sectors of the economy to deal with stuff like providing quality that shit's hard but getting people whipped up about what bathrooms transgenders use or mm -hmm. cracking drug dealers like that shit is popular and it's like knee jerk easy and like it's it's something you can execute on for sure and like yeah. but that's like so <laughs> there's no one is incentivized to like do anything different about it well that's why i mentioned like the game changers like where do those come from? If if everyone at the top is corrupt and everyone is looking how they can score or looking how they can leverage people against each other, where does that change come from and why does it happen? Right. I don't know. Because that's certainly something that did happen in our real world when we're talking about, you know, the deuce. Hmm. Uh, th those indecency laws got relaxed and right. why? Right. Yeah, it's like, was it truly just the public decided this is not something that we're interested in anymore and the judges followed or was there some other motivator at play here? Yeah, I mean that's this is a discussion you could have about Overton windows and how do you sure. select the yeah. society how does society decline or, or progress depending on how you you view it over time and mm -hmm. uh yeah, I mean it's like one of those things where, like the really tough problems in life are so big you can't really get you, you you simultaneously have a hard time getting your hands around it and also if you do getting society to be like on board with this like okay i've gotten an individual because of whatever complex he's like they, they've sitting there and done the research and they've got the solution now you've got to get everyone else on board but when you say yeah. 
here's the solution to the drug problem is actually to relax and mm-hmm. not be and the average person says fuck you my cousin's on heroin and it's the worst thing and like it's like it's it's impossible to the actual solution it, it's like having hypertension right right <laughs> like the solution is just fucking relax right 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 that's easy to say if you're right. the doctor I've but got stage two hypertension i'm under a lot of stress <laughs> right. i could be done yeah right motherfucker i got things to worry about yeah it's um it's the devil it's the yeah. devil uh to, to to try to figure out but um I don't know. The other thing that's exciting about this is that uh, HBO released some inf- from some numbers, and um, across all platforms, so that's HBO Go, that's live airing, that's on demand, HBO Now, uh, that the first the, the pilot episode received two point two million people watching it. Not bad. Which is more than most Simon efforts get. And also, hmm. I noticed there was a lot of contemporary buzz amongst critics and fans alike. I'm I'm hoping that maybe that this will like make some noise in the Emmys. Not this that this has got to be the one, right? Not that I give a shit about the Emmys, but it does. It's one of those things that move the needle, and the more people that see this, I mean, that's like verging on one percent of the U.S. adult population saw the deuce. Okay, that's a pretty good start. If like one out of a hundred people walk away from this and be like, Jesus Christ, can we do something different? Like shit, yeah. this was goes on in the seventies, and the problems we're still struggling with. And I'm talking about David Simon getting a little bit of recognition, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's it's a damn shame he didn't get anything for The Wire. Right. Uh, I feel like even if just to retroactively fix your mistake... I do feel like there's a little bit of that, too. You need to give it do something. I feel like there's a little bit of that, too. Yeah. Um... But, yeah, I, I, I thought it was... I thought it was incredible, and it, uh taught me a lot of new things it's also very entertaining like it's very yeah i think watchable is the right word like at moment to moment there's always something fascinating happening mm-hmm. and you're learning something new or just something like and and the i, I was talking to the the jason shankel and i guess he's like really steeped in 70s culture because of movies and stuff and he, i was saying like i thought the the verisimilitude verisimilitude was that or the 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 the, the period ishness of it <laughs> right looked like in as far as the police officers uniforms the police yeah. cars the contemporary cars the way people dressing uh the way the actual new york city was the the way they shot it looked very something from the 70s and he was like it mm-hmm. was kind of like passable huh. so maybe if you got like maybe if you grew up in that era or you've, you've you're steeped in a lot of 70s filmmaking contemporary 70s filmmaking it'll stand out but like because i i get there's there's only so much you can do to new york city when you're shooting on new york city right to like how like it's like one of those things where like you know for this amount of money you can get 90 percent there and then the next 10 percent is going to be a bitch yeah you know uh and i, I feel like they went to the 85 90 percent most of the time so like if if there's if, if you know the subway signs don't look legit like what are you going to do take down the subway signs or i mean if you had unli- if you had unlimited money maybe you would but if you paste over them but I don't know, printed sheets of paper or CG. Yeah. Just put a green screen over them and call it a day. No, but I I think it's, like I said, it's, it's amazing looking. It's great writing, great dialogue. It's funny. There's like, it's, it's really funny in places too. It is. Uh, Yeah. And, uh, it, it teaches you new things. Like I said, I don't, I don't care. I'm not trying to tell you to feel good about selling sex. Mm -hmm. All right. I don't think, I don't, I don't think this show is trying to make you feel good about it. It's more like, Consider that versus the alternative. Well, it wants you to think about why you you are against it. Yeah, and like if and, and 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 put your 
perfect world that would happen if everything was enforced exactly to what you against the actual reality that we live in and mm. which is better and more likely to happen, I guess. Because mm. you don't have to agree with things to, like, not make a worse solution. Okay. Right? Yeah. Like, I might, be, I might be really bummed out about driverless cars. Mm. I'm not going to go and kill every engineer at Google. Sure. That would maybe solve the problem for a, a decade or two. A lot of them aren't working on driverless cars, so it'd be but, a real you know, dick but, move. But you know what? Uh, you're, the only be. way to stave off the robotic car driving future that's going to rob so many <laughs> millions of their jobs is to kill every last motherfucker. Like I feel like yeah. that's that's the kind of that's that's exactly the approach we're talking about kind of when thinking. we're, we're yeah. talking about vice, and also the fact that like no one you know does it. But mm. everyone you know does it. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's like There's one of those no things. It's, it. it's all in the it's all in the shadows. So you know you don't know that your wife and your neighbor are fucking getting high every night, or yeah. you know your boss or, is or seeing the, a horror week. And yeah, what's what's the the storyline with the new like woman who who comes into the studio and wants to film the movie? She's just like a housewife from oh from nowhere. Right. Does she her her husband and her ran an adult bookstore right? And she's like, well, hell, I got a nice body. Now she wants to be, and in I movies. got a cute face, and now she's in the movies. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty pretty funny. Uh, can, I just want to say, like, I don't quite understand where Abby is going to intersect with the the porn story yet. I think she's going to get into it. I think she will. Um, it's something we kind of talked about a, a couple episodes in, but it still hasn't even really hinted as to how it's going to get there. It's still all about her parents and her relationship with Vince. Right. Um, and the struggle to kind of survive in New York. Right. As I mean, just a nobody with no money. I just feel like that she's already, like, adventurous. Sure. Um, and she's already doing something that she turned her nose up at at the beginning of the series, which is Tin Bar. So, like... Yeah. And she's also very... I don't just want to see a downslide for this girl, though, because... Well, I don't know. It might It might not be a downslide. It might be, like... Look at what, because like right now, there. If you look at women in porn, mm -hmm. there's a lot of them that are messes. Sure, and they go in and out and revolve. But every once in a while, you'll hear uh, a a woman who like does it smart. Like um, I'm thinking of like uh, like a Stoyer or a Riley Reed. That seems like they're like making bank and they're going to like do this for a set amount of time and use this to like change their lives for the better. And I wonder if Abby's going to be like. You always hear about the the, the the stories of people that shoot up and spit out by the industry. But there's yeah. also, again, because, again, not to put too fine a point in it, sex work is the only job I can think of where women get paid more than men. And not even by a little. Yeah. It's like a, like a like a, a guy might get 500 bucks for busting a nut on camera. The woman's getting three grand a scene. Sure. Sure. Like it's like turns everything in real life on its head, and that can be that could be very that could be very good for women. Here's the thing, though. I think we already have that character in Maggie Gyllenhaal in, in Candy, mm. and I, I don't know but, but that. But seeing the next generation of that is really interesting hmm. to me. I guess the difference between her and Abby is that she got I into it out of desperation. There you go. Certainly, but Abby is is a smart businesswoman mm -hmm. looking at like the world and making a conscious choice to do something whereas candy was forced into it so i think that's the, the subtle difference between those two could characters be. could be um they just haven't gone there yet a season in i'm kind of surprised by that yeah yeah but no it's like have... it, it does feel like it's a it's another classic slow burn where yeah. they're going to tell the story at its pace and you're going to be entertained by it or not and they're not so going to be so they, good because it, it 
it takes them a long time to deal every card onto the table and explain like the individual ridiculousness or permanence of these systems so then they can then once they get all their cards out they can start shuffling and doing and then things can move that's the other thing about the wire like you know where is this going for and then like shocking things happen like it is in, in real it, it, that's why i feel so fucking real have you heard anything about the format of this show because i know that you know in the wire we kind of switch to a different perspective for the bulk of the seasons right mm-hmm. um you think there's going to be any of that or is it going to be just kind of a continuous story this time I really can't see it moving away from what we've got so far because yeah, they leave it think, up in the air. Like if like it'd be so weird if they like they could go like go out to California and look at like the, the, the boogie night <laughs> right, the yeah. boogie night aspect of it. I think you could do that, but I feel like you need to do it through the lens of one of the characters. It wouldn't be called the Deuce anymore because it's like that. That's it's got to yeah. be like like the wire would be weird if you got out of Baltimore. Uh-huh. Um, like I feel like it's going to be stuck in New York, so. But we've already got all of the angles, right? Yeah, the we got the only thing we don't have is a school teacher, like right, or politicians. Like there, there's the politicians okay. strangely yep. absent. But you're right. You got journalists. You got cops. You got uh, organized sex crime, workers. You got, you got bartenders. You got, yeah, you got students. Um, what in like you know? There's still like, you know, we talked about the sex work angle, but like, um, well, you mentioned with with Ma- with Maggie and her brother. Yeah. Like how these things like 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 relaxing your views on vice also cracks open the door for these other people who get thrown in that just, you know, yeah. for for no good reason. Mm-hmm. They're they're like <laughs> it's illegal to be a gay man at this time in 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 American history. Like right. sod like sodomy laws are on the books and they have teeth and and shit. And mm-hmm. uh but like some of this, the, some of this stuff that you open up in this vice, like opens up a door to these other things starting to blossom, and and mm-hmm. her, you know, telling her brothers like, you know, you don't have to live like this anymore. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's it's interesting how many ser- stories they can serve like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I'm on board for season two. So, real quick before we move on, I wanted to take a second to talk about our sponsor for this episode, who is HelloFresh. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with HelloFresh, you should know that they are a meal delivery service that makes it super easy and super convenient to cook your own meals at home. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, Aaron, but I have been the world's busiest man. I've taken the title from Elon Musk this week, only for one week. I, I only get it for that. But uh, I've been the world's busiest man last week, and I have to say that HelloFresh has been a lifesaver for me because I do not have time to shop. I'm buying a house, packing all my shit. We're covering four shows at a time. Do not have time to shop, and HelloFresh has been there for me. And with the holidays coming up, it's never been more important for me to have HelloFresh because that means I don't have to go to the grocery store. I'm I'm sure people can identify with how busy people are during the holidays. Absolutely. It's the best time, but also can be the busiest time. Yeah, and there are a couple of benefits for uh, signing up for HelloFresh. A, um... You know, you don't have to go to the grocery store and spend that time. But B, all the time you don't spend, you get to spend with your family and friends during Thanksgiving and the holiday season. So I think that's a big benefit. Um, right now, HelloFresh is offering $30 off your first week of deliveries. If you go to HelloFresh.com and you use the promo code BALDMOVE30 when you sign up, uh, I suggest you do it because each week it comes with up to four meals per week, and that can be for you, that can be for your family, your whole family. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you're like the Duggars or somebody, maybe they don't have a plan for you, but chances are you're not, so they've got a plan that can cover you. Uh, 
right now they're doing a lot of um, holiday style recipes. So they have a couple called uh, Meatloaf a la Mom with roasted root vegetables and thyme gravy. Uh, they have pan-seared scallops. Scallops are pretty fancy. I, I don't often cook. If I were given the choice to like go to the store and pick something up, scallops not first on my list. I want something I, that... I'll uh, confess I've never brought home scallop. I wouldn't even know where to begin. Right. I mean, that's some of the... Some of the cool things, what, what I like about this service is that um, it gives you ideas because I get stuck in a rut. Like, I like cooking. Right. I like shopping. I don't I don't identify with a lot of stuff that, that Jim identifies with, but I do get <laughs> stuck in ruts where I just oh, I make the same thing over and over and over again. And, like, you know, why don't I make scallops? Because I don't know. I, I go, give me a pound of scallop. And the guy goes, I don't know if they're good scallops or not. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, I don't know what to do with them even if I get them. Right, right. So these these, these are like, you know, they're already pre-measured and, and, and it, it's it's fresh and it's high quality. And, 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 and now, comes, now I, I would know I would know what, a sca- what I'm looking for in a scallop. And what to do with it because it does come with uh, recipe cards for every single one with six easy steps that you can follow. You don't need anything other than like salt and pepper and olive oil to complete these recipes uh, and a pan to cook it in. So, yeah, I, I suggest you go and sign up for HelloFresh. If you want to save $30 off your first week of deliveries, go to HelloFresh.com and use promo code BALDMOVE30. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I was going to talk about, and I don't even know because like, I was worried that we wouldn't get a lot out of the deuce <laughs> yeah, talk uh, for like from an our hour. previous conversations, but um, I, Lady Dynamite Season 2 came out this weekend. Hmm. And if you don't know, it's a story. It's it's a it's Maria Bamford who's known for this like really weird, unconventional stand up that talks a lot about mental health issues and talks about her own struggling with I think it's bipolarism. Um, and season two is amazing because it's ostensibly about the making of season one. Oh boy! And how she had this clear idea huh. of like I want to tell something that's earnest and funny and hopeful about what it's like to live with a mental illness and everyone saying oh that's not markable you gotta sex it up or you gotta turn it to science fiction or fantasy and like this like 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 she didn't take that with the and she's she's telling i've only seen the first four episodes but she's telling this this really complex story format that like in the beginning of the show at the beginning of every episode it's like the past or no it's always the present and it's like what's going on right now and then it'll say that it'll show this 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 cue card that's the future, and you know it's the future because in the future Netflix got bought out by uh, Elon Musk. And it's called Musk Vision, okay. and the screen turns red, and it has like in the Netflix front Musk Vision, and it's the oh. future of what's what's what she's afraid is going to happen. And then it goes back to the past where it has her interactions with her parents. And what's interesting is, like, all these people are played by the same actors. Like, when Maria mm. is, like, an 11-year-old girl, she's in pigtails and, like, coveralls, but she's still played by Maria. Right. And her older sister is still the 40-something-year-old woman that's also – and her mom. Like, no one gets it, – it's, it's all the same characters. Uh. But it's funny to show, like, she shows how – this is the part that rings true with me because I don't think I have a mental illness. I've certainly had my share of mm. panic attacks and and some shit to work out from my upbringing, but I don't think knock on this wood table that I have a diagnosable mental illness. <laughs> okay, people that have listened to the show for years might disagree. <laughs> what I really what I what 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 hooks me into it, other than the fact that like I you know like the fact that Maria has a panic attack and I can identify with that, is 
her version of growing up in the suburbs with her mom and dad is so fucking cutting and biting hmm. and how like when she has her relationship with her current boyfriend her realization is she has no idea how to fight with a person <laughs> okay like to have a productive like argument where you're having uh, a strong dis in like 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 and she's viewing it through the lens of like she, she she like does this action and it goes back to the past so she can see her parents and like they got this idea of like they can't have any cross words so they never fight but they just loathe each other and I, I mean, I'm yeah, doing a bad it, job of selling this, but like, if you are a child of the '70s or '80s, and your parents are one of those that stayed together because of the kids, I feel like there's a lot to identify in there because yeah. they're they're trying to be good parents. They're not. There's not abuse. There's not any kind of like crazy ass peekaboo situation from Breaking Bad. Mm. But it's like the quiet desperation kind of thing, right? That and it's just as toxic and can fuck you up in and 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 in ways that are less obvious and also less likely to like if you sit there and like well the reason I'm this terrible person is because I had these two suburban parents and they just refused to get divorced and they provide me this stable existence. <laughs> it's hard to make that conclusion. It's hard yeah. to say like oh oh mo those are fucking monsters you know but like the oh. effects are still real sure. and it's also. Like, like the first two episodes, me and Cecily's jaw dropped about three or four times, and we belly laughed about three or four times. It is both cutting and insightful and fucking hilarious. Well, I think maybe once you guys get through season two, you should come back and do another Bald Move TV on Yeah, I think that everyone, because they're, 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 they're stereotypical 30-minute comedy episodes, mm -hmm. um, I would like anyone listening to this podcast to fire up Netflix and watch the first two episodes of the first season and if you don't if you if you if you don't like it fine but <laughs> i have a feeling you'll be like me and you'll get to the fat dean kane era of season 1 and be hooked and and it'll be all over sounds Cause, awesome cuz yes there's a there's a there's a there's a, there's a, there's, a, there's a there's a portly dean kane sweet uh late in season 1 that shows up uh have to yeah. check that out so like i said i don't i don't have obviously it's a one-sided discussion but yeah, yeah i think when we finish it we'll Cecily and i will be talking the other thing i've been trying to get off the ground is i really want to talk about pbs's vietnam war documentary oh right um i'm trying to like jesse wilson and i who was from formerly a personal arrogance fame have been trying to get together but and mm -hmm. i've been putting off i watched the first four episodes and i didn't want to do the last four because i didn't want to get confused what i was going to be talking about but like that's something on the bald move tv horizon is there anything hmm. in, oh we were wanting to do we a, want to get star trek discovery in there as soon as we finish it which, yeah fuck me i haven't had any time no i'm pretty i heard that it, it, in fit, coming it wrapped weeks. up this weekend yeah that may or may not be true i'm hoping to get through it in the next couple of weeks and mm -hmm. maybe we'll be back at that point with another bald move tv i talked to some fans down in the rocket city NerdCon about it they everyone seems to be pretty pleased what i've seen so far has been yeah i mean we pretty did good. the last bald move tv was yeah. about that so um but i'm not sure what else is what else is on on my tv watching radar but uh mm -hmm. we'll see Anyway, yeah, everyone should watch The Deuce, and I think you should at least try Lady Dynamite to uh, see if you think it's as funny as I do. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll be back the next time we're back. Yeah. Uh, until then, I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. See ya.